Well, good morning and welcome back to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. I know that we've been having all kinds of issues here with our internet and, and with uh, the ways uh, Anchor is uh, doing on the podcast. Uh, the last time I, I recorded and I couldn't get it, I just could not get it to uh, upload. Um, so I apologize for last Sunday not being able to get the podcast loaded up. <coughs> and with the coughing, it's still going on. Um, I've got some prayer requests we're going to do and, and a special prayer going out uh, to a family uh, this morning. Uh, I went to the doctor and uh, the urologist is saying that uh, I do need to have surgery on my kidneys, um, so they're going to send me to uh, the surgeons in Las Vegas through the VA. We're waiting to hear when that'll be. Not sure when it'll be. Uh, they need to to uh, do what is it called orthopedic or something surgery, where they go in um, orthoscopic. There we go. I got it. Surgery. Um, to remove part of that mass on the one kidney uh, and then we'll go from there so lift me up in prayer please <laughs> um, this morning uh, brother Doc uh, Musgro is in Texas uh, he's on life support they're waiting for the family to come in uh, before they let him pass I know that brother Jason and Barbara and Caleb uh, are going through a rough time right now. Uh, and I thought we'd lift them up in prayer uh, with Brother Al and the, and the rest of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we approach your throne of grace, bringing the Musgrove family before you. We recognize that grieving is a human emotion and it's a process, Lord God. And we. We give this family the space that they need to enter into the to the rest that, that you have for Doc. Lord, Jesus bore Doc's family's grief. And certainly, we know that Doc at one time knew the Lord. Whether he strays or whether he didn't, we don't know. We don't know. It, before he went into the coma, whether he reached out to Jesus in sickness, weakness, or in distress. We know that you carry him. You carry his sorrows, his family's pain. We know that your spirit is upon Jesus to, to bind up and to heal Doc's broken heart, Barbara's heart, Jason's heart, Caleb's heart, his whole family. But we pray, Lord God, that you be gentle with them now, knowing that they are not alone in their grief, that you are with them, standing with them. I pray that you would give Jason the strength, for he is strong in you, O Lord. He is a leader, that he might lead his family in prayer and in this time of grief. We know that you will never leave them without support. So give us 
Doc's friends, Barbara's friends, this family's friends and, and, and prayer partners, discernment, sympathy, and understanding so that, so that we may bear and endure and carry this burden of loss that they are going through right now. We trust you to guide them and we respect their decisions awaiting in the manifestation of your healing. Father, we desire to be doers of your word, not just hearers only. Therefore, we make this commitment to rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, knowing that, that you are there in that room, that your hand is upon their shoulder, that you embrace them with those who weep, sharing their grief. We pray that our love will give Barbara and Jason and Caleb and their family great joy and comfort and encouragement because they shall be cheered and refreshed even though their hearts are saddened at the loss or the potential of the loss of their loved ones. We thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit to comfort and to counsel and to help and to intercede and defend and strengthen and stand by Barbara and her family in this time of grief and sorrow. We pray this today in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray that everyone listening to the sound of my voice would say a quiet amen and amen. I wanted to talk today about what it means to be filled, what it means to be full of the Spirit. And I actually would ask you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, verse 5 through 17. <clears throat> and as we go there, we'll begin in Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he proclaimed the Messiah there. Verse 6, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Verse 7, for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. Impure spirits came out of many. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now for some, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in that city and amazed all the people at Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed <coughs> Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs 
and the miracles that he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Verse 17 again, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. There's a lot that can be gathered from this text. And I want to get into it as quickly as we possibly can today. We find Philip here in Acts chapter 8 preaching to a city of Samaria. Now, I want you to understand that Acts chapter 2 had already happened. Acts chapter 2 had already happened. We know that Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on those who had followed Jesus. So I want to back up just a few chapters to Acts chapter 1, where we find Jesus commanding his disciples to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some people think Jesus stopped talking in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John the Gospels, but he was still speaking yet in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, King James Version in verse 4, and being assembled together, I want you to remember that verse, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait, and the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye, say it with me, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, so far, no one had received the Holy Ghost. At this point, the Old Testament prophesied about it. Jesus himself spoke about it on several occasions. And here in Acts 1, we find him telling his disciples that they were not to go anywhere until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he was saying, don't go off preaching yet. Don't go off doing miracles yet. Don't go off witnessing until you are baptized with the Holy Ghost. So there's a lesson to be learned here. There really is something to glean from this text because we can clearly see how important it was to Jesus that his followers, listen, it's important to Jesus that his followers be filled with the Holy Spirit. To have that anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then in Acts chapter 2, we find where the Holy Ghost is poured out just as Jesus said it would be. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4, King James Version, verse 2. And when the day of Pentecost was finally come, they were all, say all, they were all with one accord in one place. That's not a Honda. 
That means they were in agreement. Now listen closely and distinctly. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Praise God. Praise God. Now I want you to visualize what would happen in a modern church today. Right where you are. Maybe you're in church. And I want you to visualize that everyone in that church suddenly, suddenly, there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and everyone in that house of God where they were sitting were filled and were appeared upon them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all everyone in that church was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance glory to God can you imagine what this world would be like what this world would be like if suddenly throughout this land the people of God were filled with the Holy Spirit anointed by the Holy Ghost so we see here that the experience the early believers had Jesus told them would happen it was foretold if they would go and tarry for it if they would wait upon it go and wait for it to happen now we can't spend a whole lot of time here in Acts 2 explaining what just happened but I want to but I believe it's important for us to understand this first mention of the outpouring of his spirit and to pay close attention to what happened when his spirit was poured out and we find that in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 write it down turn to it Acts chapter 2 verse 4 because it says and they were all not one or two not the fanatical, not the Baptist, not the Methodist, not the, not, 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 <laughs> it said all. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So these were a collection of all different kinds of peoples. So there may have been, there may have been, uh, People speaking in a, in a language of someone that had come in from out of town. And all of a sudden, this person next to them suddenly began speaking in their language. They didn't know their language, but they began to speak in their language. So when I say first mention, the law of first mention is the principle in the interpretation of scripture which states that the first mention or occurrence of the subject 
in Scripture establishes the unchangeable pattern with the subject remaining unchanged in the mind of God throughout Scripture. Now, I want to take just a moment to tell you a story about speaking in tongues. Years ago, we had some friends named Josephine and Ed Blevins. And Josephine and Ed Blevins came to the church, brought some friends. <coughs> and I was preaching, and I was on fire. I preach fire and brimstone in them days. And at the end, I used to get down off the, the, the pulpit and I would go to the front doors and I would greet people as they left. And their friends came back with Josephine and Ed and stated that how grateful they were that I preached the entire message in Spanish. For they were in attendance and heard the entire message in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. so. The Holy Spirit had let them hear the message in their own tongue. That's an example. As, as the Spirit gave them utterance, they heard that message. So that's the law of first mention. So then we fast forward back to our original reading today where we find Philip who had experienced Acts chapter 2 preaching to the people of Samaria. And while he is preaching, amazing things begin to happen. Supernatural things. Simon had been tricking these people for years, for years. And he was a magician and could make it look like some great thing happened when really it didn't. He used trickery and deceit to cause people to think that's what he was doing. He caused people to say about him, this man is rightly called the great power of God. When all along, he was just using magic and trickery. But then Philip shows up and begins to cast out evil spirits and began to healing people through God. Now the people seal, they see the real deal. Now, there is an awe and an aha moment in the city. Now they are looking around and saying, wait a minute. I think we've, we've all been duped by this Simon guy. But they can't be mad for too long at him because immediately he becomes a believer in Jesus Christ too. In Acts chapter 8, verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. So we see here that some amazing stuff is happening in Samaria. They are flat out having church. Philip is teaching them about Jesus. How amazing that must have been to listen to. I would have loved to hear him give the firsthand account of the miracles that he saw Jesus do. And how it was on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out on all of those people. But then we see he goes to work 
and evil spirits are being cast out. People are being healed to the point that Acts chapter 8, verse 8 says, so there was a great joy throughout that city. Everyone, everyone was pumped, pumped to the max. They were excited. They were happy. Great joy, the Bible says. Man, did you see the miracles that God is doing? Whoa, I was there when Philip cast the spirits out. Did you hear as he preached the word of God? Did you hear him tell the stories about Jesus? Everyone's believing. Everyone's plugging into what Philip is teaching and preaching to point that they repented and they were baptized. Another man said, I mean, everyone is getting baptized. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, but when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of that kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they, they were baptized, both men and women. It's no wonder that everyone was excited. It's no wonder. The scripture says there is great joy in that city. And the Bible says that there is great joy in heaven when one sinner repents. Can you imagine the joy when a whole city repents and are baptized? That's church. That's church, my friends. We look. We look around us. Whether you're listening to the broadcast or whether you're at Gospel of Faith Church, we look around us. Sounds to me like they were having a revival. And we need that same revival today. I don't care if your church has five people, ten people, twelve people, or you have two hundred people. We need a real revival of the Word of God. We need that. That Holy Ghost revival. How exciting that would be. How amazing that would be. Even the sorcerer repents and gets baptized. I'd like to baptize a few people who are caught up in witchcraft myself. I hear all around Ashfork the stories of Wicca and witchcraft and sorcery. But we see that that's. That is not all God has for that city of Samaria. And it's not all that God has planned for Ashford and the surrounding areas. And maybe your town too. After all, it wasn't all that he had in mind for the Jews in Jerusalem either. <clears throat> we see there is something else that God wants to do in Samaria. Just as he did in Jerusalem. I wonder. How many of you know what it is? How many of you out there that are listening to the sound of my voice know what the power of prayer can do in your city? Now, we are broadcasting over 31 countries and provinces around the world. How many of you know what the power of prayer can do to your city, your country, your providence? In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted their, the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, 
they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that, that might receive the Holy Spirit. Gospel of Faith Church is beginning to grow. Hallelujah. It's beginning to grow. It's time that we prayed for those new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for you, the listeners of this broadcast, to begin to pray for your city. I'm talking about praying. Fasting and praying for the city. That revival would come to your city. That that Holy Spirit would descend and anoint those in your city. What? You mean to tell me that that's not enough? I'm offended. I'm mad. I'm disappointed. I thought when I became a believer in Jesus Christ, the end result was that I, I get baptized and live a good life. It's not all roses. That's what some people are saying. That's what, that's what others accept. I know. But let's look at what the scripture says. Let's look this book be, uh, be the teacher this morning. Let's hear what God's word has to say about all this. In Acts chapter 8 verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's time that we pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit come down upon your city. It's time that we release the anointing of the Holy Spirit wherever you are. I want you to pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit be released in your city. Amen. Pray that release right now in the name of Jesus. See, we all need to have our own Holy Spirit experience. Each and every one of us, listen to the sound of my voice, need to understand that, that God has more for us as individuals and as a church. See, you see, here's where I am today. If God has more for me than I have already experienced, I want it. Amen. I want it. I want everything that God has for me. I want. I'm, I'm a bit greedy when it comes to the things of God. I'm not really impressed or, or hungry for the things of this world. I don't want nothing to do with that because I know that it can all be gone in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye. But the things of God, the stuff he has for us as believers, I want that stuff. I'm after the stuff of God. I can't get enough of it, actually. And like Philip and the apostles, I want other people to experience 
what God has for them as well. I'm like some people when they find a good deal at Walmart, they can't wait to tell everybody about it. I can't wait to tell you of the things that God has in store for you. That's the problem that we have. We want to spread the good news of the gospel. I've got to tell everybody about it. Like Samaria, we, we need to move of the Spirit. We need a movement of the Holy Ghost. We need to give room for His Spirit to move. All the stuff we do is great, but, but before it's over, I want God to show up in the lives of His people. Amen? In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, when the apostle in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, say it with me, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. I'm praying right now for each and every one of you here on this broadcast and each and every one of you in the church. I'm praying for you that you might receive that Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. I'm praying today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I pray right now for each and every one of you listening to the sound of my voice. I'm praying for Gospel of Faith Church. I'm praying for every church out there right now. Lord God, I pray like a cyclone that's circling this entire world, that that Holy Spirit would just descend, that anointing of the Holy Ghost would just descend upon this world and encompass this entire earth. And that anointing of the Holy Spirit would descend upon every human being right now, and they would receive it in the name of Jesus right now. They would receive it. And as they do, that the blood within their veins would just, would just be on fire for Jesus. Be on fire for Jesus. And they would find a new anointing, a new anointing in their lives. They would just speak Jesus. It would be Jesus plus nothing. They would know all, all about Jesus. They would feel, talk, speak, live Jesus. And our church, ooh-wee. Glory to God, that church would be on fire for Jesus. And we would see revival, revival come to the city. I pray that that revival of the Holy Spirit would come upon you and you would take it to your church and the church would take it to the city. And every city in this country and around the world would be on fire for God. In Jesus' name I pray. I pray for a healing hand if you're sick right now. I pray for that healing hand to come down from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. That you would receive that healing right now in the name of Jesus. If you're grieving right now, you have to go through that process. But I pray you don't walk alone. That you walk beside Jesus that you walk 
with the anointing of the Spirit in your heart, that he would lift you. Everybody has to go through that process, but know that you're not alone. You have Jesus walking with you. You have the anointing of the Spirit in your heart. Know, know that God is with you. If you are unsaved, if you don't know Jesus, if you're desperate in your life, come to Jesus Christ. He awaits you. He loves you. God loves you. And know that you're not alone. That God awaits you. God has never turned his back, never turned his face. He's always awaited you. So take that first step and come, come, come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. It's that easy. All you've got to do is say, Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, I accept him into my life. Please forgive my sins. I want to live for Jesus. It's that easy. It's that easy. Accept him as Lord. Accept his his substitutionary death as yours. We ask it today in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I say may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he make his face to shine upon you. Before I start coughing, I ask God's love upon you. Child, you are a child of God. Come visit us at Gospel of Faith Church. I should be preaching... Uh, uh, I think from the 16th, uh, each Sunday in July and probably the first couple in, in August as Pastor Lynn has taken a, a well-earned vacation. And uh, with that, I'm going to kind of sign off before I start coughing. God bless you all. We love you. In Jesus' name. God bless.